0: Welcome to the CrowdChurch podcast. We are an online church and you are listening to the service that we also live stream on YouTube and Facebook. For more information about Crowd Church, please visit our website at www.crowd.church. Oh, good afternoon. Good afternoon, and welcome to Crowd Church with myself and the newly returned Anna. How are we doing?
1: I'm well, thank you. Yeah. Good. When you say newly returned, do you mean as in newly it new, re- back to oh, England?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as in...
1: I was say it's not been that long since I left. <laughs>
0: Last time Anna was here was 1996, um, no, no, <laughs> no, not at all, as in, uh, yes, you were away on holiday, uh, looking tanned, looking at, at peace.
1: Yeah, we went to Spain for a week during half term, which was lovely, and then this week we've had a short week back, started back to school and work on Wednesday, so it's been a nice short week
0: easy easy intro easy intro and we were talking before we went live you managed to escape all of the chaos which is current at uh, a lot of uk airports
1: i did we were lucky i think liverpool airport where we flew out of wasn't too wasn't too affected so yeah very lucky without
0: It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So if you have just tuned in, we are not a holiday talk show. No, not at all. We are an online church. Uh, We're a digital church. Uh, We are here for those that might not see the point of church, as well as the folks who maybe like Anna and myself have been around church for a wee while, uh, as they say. Um, I'm not going to ask who's been in church longer, you or me, Anna, because I think that would be unfair, Uh, especially on me, uh, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> uh, but welcome to church. Great that you're here. Do say hi uh, in the comments if this is your first time with us. It'd be great for you to come say hi. Uh, and if this is not your first time with us, say hi as well. I can see Matts in the comments, busy as always. Uh, so come and say hi to Matt. Come and say hello to uh, whoever else is in there. I think John Farrington uh, is moderating the Crowd Church comments, so he'll be. He'll be in the stream as well. Uh, Any questions, thoughts, comments, do leave them below. And I think if I press this button here, magic happens. Oh, yes. Look at that. Yes. Uh, That's the website, by the way. Yes. no i don't think anyone could ever accuse us of that and so if you would like to know more about crowd church you can head on over to our website www.crowd.church or, or go to instagram or facebook at CrowdChurch. we are there as well as on youtube and you know what you can get all of the back catalogue as they like to say on podcasts i've discovered uh you can see all of our back catalogue uh on youtube and on our website as well so Got that out of the way, Anna. What's coming up today?
1: So, today we're looking at what does the Bible say about suffering, and we've got the lovely John Harding speaking. Um, so yeah, that's coming up soon, and um, yeah, we'll also have some conversation street where we'll discuss what we think about what he has to say afterwards, and yeah, lots of banter, I'm sure, no doubt, from people like Matt Crew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no doubt really uh, yeah, yeah. And, and the banter too it's um yeah uh although uh we have to obviously i mean it's not a it's a bit of a heavy topic uh for today isn't it what does the bible say about it suffering is. so I, I don't know i don't know whether how, how the banter will flow on this one but um no we'll wait and see we'll wait and see how it goes well, he's on.
1: already he's already abusing you though he says radiance it- on the right bearded ruffian on the left so <laughs> we're in God.
0: Radi- what is it radiance on the right bearded ruffian on the left uh i hope uh because i'm not being funny but on the screen that i have because of the way yeah. it is on the live stream i'm on the right and you're on the left but
2: i, I
1: know it, i hope you're
0: seeing it differently because
1: we see everything opposite how you see it so just be careful what you say people just know that we're different to everything you say
0: which is why when I always say to people, you know, when we used to put the phone number on or the website address, point to it. And people were always struggling because it's back to front. <laughs> so, uh, yes. Uh, so I'm hoping that Matt sees it differently because definitely, uh, I, uh, you know, I'll take the bearded ruffian. Uh, I've definitely been called worse. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you are, uh, yeah, well, Radiance, uh, I'm assuming, is you, Anna, uh, from the from the holiday, the holiday Radiance.
2: Yeah, I think like
0: Well, let's hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as you have said correctly, we have got the good old John Harding uh, talking about suffering. I'm laughing because I've just noticed the comment uh, Matt Cruz put in. I'm suffering for a decade of Man United losses. (laughs) I'm not quite sure, Matt. That's the suffering that John Harding is going to talk about
2: yeah and also i'm not sure we
0: have much that we can help you with on that <laughs> <laughs> oh it's brilliant i love it well let's get yeah well we can do the banter now so let's get it out of the way uh, so, <laughs> i'm not sure yeah. how much we can help you <laughs> love it so if you are here with us for the first time uh here at crowd church the way it kind of works is this we're going to do a talk uh mm-hmm. which john harding has recorded john harding's one of the team here at crowd he's the senior pastor of Frontline Church, which Crowd Church is affiliated to. Uh, he's gonna do a talk, it's gonna last. 20 minutes because it's a John Harding talk. He's usually bang on time. Uh, So yeah, after that talk, uh, Anna will be back to introduce the worship, and then, as Anna said, we're going to have conversation street. So if you have any questions, uh, anything you want us to talk about in conversation street, any stories you want to share, any thoughts, any ideas of your own, uh, any experiences, whack them all in the comments because we would love to hear from you, and we will try and get around to all of those if we can. We we never, we never answer everybody's questions, but we do get to quite a few of them. Uh, and we'd love it if uh, if you just threw your questions, comments, thoughts, ideas in there as well. So, Andrew, have I missed anything?
1: I don't think so.
0: Oh, that'd be a first, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> it would be a first. So, without further ado, let's uh, hear from the Right Reverend John Harding. Here we go.
3: What does the Bible say about suffering? Wow, well that is a big topic isn't it? It's an emotive sensitive question because I suppose what we're really asking here is what does the Bible say about my suffering? What does the Bible say about the suffering that someone I love is going through even now? Maybe you are even thinking well where is God in my suffering? Or even, is there a God? Why would God allow this suffering in my life or in my world if there was a God? And so for some people, the presence of suffering in the world, in their own lives, causes them to question the existence of God. They say things like, well, how can an all-loving, all-powerful God allow suffering in the world? They Don't see the presence of suffering in the world as compatible with the presence of God, or at least with the presence of the God as described in the Bible. They say, well, if God is truly loving and there's suffering, then He can't be powerful, because if He was powerful, He would stop that suffering. Or if God is truly powerful and there's suffering in the world, then Well, then he can't be truly loving or he would stop it. So, therefore, there can't be such a God in a world as ours because there is suffering in the world. And that's an argument that's been around, well, since the beginning of time, really. Uh, Logically, intellectually, philosophically, I don't think it's a very good argument. But this problem, this mystery of reconciling and matching up the God of the Bible with the presence and existence of suffering, well, it is rarely played out at the level of logic or reason. It's an argument that really gets played out at the emotional level, the personal, the experiential level. That's why it's such a challenging topic. But I do think the Bible offers a compelling response to the mystery of suffering. Now, traditionally, Christians have said, well, yes, you can totally have an all good, all loving God, the sort of God described throughout the Bible, a God who is all powerful, a God who is not absent from the world, a God that is not unaware of human suffering. Such a God is totally compatible with the human experience, with human suffering. Now, as Christians, we tend to respond to this problem in two ways. Firstly, Christians tend to say that God allows suffering in the world because suffering is a necessary outcome of free will. God created humans in his image, distinct from the rest of creation, distinct from the animal kingdom because Humans are given freedom, autonomy, the ability to make their own decisions, the bi- ability to direct their own lives and make their own choices. It's what separates us from the animal kingdom. We have become moral beings, beings capable of great good, but by the same virtue, beings beings capable of great evil. So put some simply... God is not responsible, therefore, for our suffering. Humans are. Humans misuse the gift of free will. We make choices that harm ourselves and that harm others. And this takes us right back to Adam and Eve, the story we read in the Bible in Genesis 1-3, to in the garden paradise, a place of perfection. No sickness, no disease, no pain, no death. But through that first sin... Their choice to take and eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil rather than to take from the tree of life, that's where they went wrong. In disobeying God, they, Adam and Eve, brought catastrophe, global consequences into this world. Bringing the first sin into a perfect creation impacted every single aspect of creation. Pain, sickness, aging, ultimately death entered into the world. Environmental damage now entered into the world, a world now capable of floods and earthquakes. And so there's a very real sense that it is us, it is humans who brought suffering into an all loving or powerful God's perfect creation. And we now live in that corrupt, broken world as a corrupt, broken people. And so we suffer. But then, of course, uh, people will say to that argument of free will, well, why did God uh, create humans like that? Why did God give humans free will? It's like giving a machine gun to a kid. Just look at the potential damage that is done through that action. But of course, for us as Christians, that risk that God took in giving that gift of free will, that was utterly essential and worth it because God only created the world for humans. God only created humans for relationship with himself. The whole reason why there is something rather than nothing is so that that something could freely, willingly choose to be in relationship with its creator. We are given free will so that we have the capacity to love and to experience love. With free will, we have the capacity to harm others, of course. But without free will, we'd simply be animals or robots incapable of truly loving God our creator. So free will is a powerful response to the mystery of suffering. The second response that Christians tend to make to this problem of suffering in a world of an all-loving or powerful God is that God ultimately uses suffering and God works through suffering to bring about something good, something positive. It's the idea that there is a purpose to the suffering we experience, that suffering drives human development. And to some extent, I imagine that all of us will have experienced this dynamic, a bit like the grit in the oyster that becomes a pearl, or the pressure on the coal that becomes a diamond, or the... Tearing of the muscle through the weight training, the lifting of weights, the muscle tears, but it causes it to grow stronger as a result. All of us will have had experiences that have made us stronger, kinder, wiser people. And the Bible says, um, Romans chapter 5, verse 3, that we can boast in our suffering, we can boast in our suffering and glory in our suffering when we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character and character produces hope. And it goes on to say that hope frees us from shame. Now, I used to be a school teacher and towards the end of my teaching career, I taught mainly 17 and 18 year old boys, bright boys, I taught the philosophy of religion and we would unpack this mystery of suffering together. And when I used to use this verse from Romans, I would start by asking the boys in the class, who likes cake? Who likes cake? They'd all put their hands up and then I'd got four volunteers, four lads out to the front, ready for their cake and I would give one of the boys flour the other whisked eggs, the other butter and the other sugar. And then I'd say, well, tuck in, lads, start eating. You see, we all like cake, but that does not mean that we will enjoy the ingredients that make up cake. And that's a little bit like this verse from Romans. We all want hope and freedom from shame, but we don't necessarily enjoy the character formation part. And we really don't like the perseverance part, having to keep moving forwards and life is tough. We just want breakthrough now. And we certainly don't like the suffering part. But these things are the essential ingredients that lead us towards a transformed life. The ingredients that make us stronger, kinder, wiser people. Suffering has the power to be transformative. But then, of course, you know, people will say, well, you know, John, if God is all loving and all powerful and if suffering is for a purpose, it's meant to grow us and transform us. Then people will say, well, then why does God allow excessive suffering or pointless suffering? Or why do some people not grow and develop through their suffering? Or couldn't God have created a world where we grow and develop through pleasure? and not pain. These are some of the objections that people raise. Just going through those questions and objections really takes me back to being in the classroom as a philosophy teacher um, all those years ago. And I remember clearly the first time that I went to Congo, to the DRC, to the Kivus. And I was a school teacher at the time. I was helping to build links between my local church frontline uh, my school and the work that a church was doing on the Congo-Ugandan border in order to rehabilitate boy soldiers. I mean, just a desperate situation. Uh, horrific. One fueled by Western consumerism, fueled by our desire for diamonds and coltan mining for mobile phones. Boys have Maybe even just 12 taken from their families, dehumanised through drugs and rape, used as cannon fodder in a conflict that has been going on and ignored for decades in this region of the Kivus where we work, where we serve. Just horrific suffering. And yet, what I found there, alongside the Suffering alongside the poverty, alongside the conflicts, what I found there was hope. Just many, many beautiful Christians who, by our standards, had so little, and yet they were working tirelessly to rescue those boy soldiers, to rehabilitate them, to educate them. They were working with women who'd been raped as a weapon of war. They were giving them um, a refuge, a safe place to live. They were giving them training and counselling. And what I found in that place for the first time was a completely different perspective on my perspective on suffering. I found there that no one was asking the question of where is God in our suffering? That made no sense to them. Rather, they were praying and thanking God for his presence with them in that place of suffering. Their focus was on not the suffering, but on how God was helping them to endure their suffering. They discovered the deep and profound truth that when you are at that point in life where Jesus is all that you have got in life, well, that's the point when you realize that Jesus is all you need in life. And I came back from that trip, that first time I went there, back into the classroom, back into this selective boys' school teaching, this philosophy module on God and the problem of evil and suffering, and I remember saying uh, to the boys in my class, boys, this idea of where is God in our suffering, to me, it just feels like an indulgence of the modern Western world. These people that I'd met in Congo and were building relationships. They they weren't philosophically pondering on the question of how could an all-loving, all-powerful God allow suffering in the world. They were experiencing God and encountering God and drawing on God and on his presence to sustain them in the hardship of each day. They were forming communities of faith that we call churches. They were forming communities that served one another and met one another's needs and shared the resources that they had. They knew that suffering was producing perseverance. Perseverance producing character. Boy, did they have character. And character was producing hope. And they held on to hope. You know, just uh, last night, I spent the night in Accident and emergency, the emergency room, having taken my 87-year-old mother into that place due to extreme, extreme pain. I mean, she was struggling. I've never seen her in so much pain. And I said to her mum, I just feel so helpless here as we're waiting. Is there anything I can do for you, anything I can get for you? She just said, pray for me. Pray for me. And so I prayed for her there in the hospital cubicle. And honestly, (laughs) I'm not sure that prayer made a great deal of difference to her pain. Uh, The pain remained and started to wear off as powerful drugs kicked in. But she said to me, she said, John, how do people go through this sort of thing without the Lord in their lives? How do they go through this sort of thing without the presence of God with them? This world in which we live, it throws up so many big questions, so many mysteries, stuff that I can't get my head around, stuff that I've tried to study and understand academically and stuff, if I'm entirely honest with you, I still don't really understand. I still don't have any answers to, but it seems to me that suffering is pretty certain in this life. We can't seem to escape suffering, pain and hardship. But we do get to decide how we respond to it. We do get to decide if we go through our suffering with God or without God. We do get to choose if we're going to walk through that pain and invite God's presence to be with us in that place. Or if we walk through it angry at God, maybe even rejecting God and denying God. There's this little verse in the Bible in the Gospels, the words of Jesus recorded and, and spoken by Jesus in Greek, recorded in Greek. And this verse that causes all sorts of trouble for Bible translators over the centuries, it's Matthew ten twenty nine, And Jesus says, not one sparrow falls to the ground without the Father, without God knowing. Not one sparrow falls to the ground without God the Father knowing. And the reason that the Bible translators have struggled to translate this verse into English over the centuries is because if you look at the original literal Greek words of Jesus, Jesus literally says, not one sparrow falls to the ground without the father. That's it. Not one sparrow falls to the ground without the father. And so the Bible translators tend to add um, the knowing bit without the father knowing to try and make sense of what Jesus is saying here about God. But, you know, I think this makes perfect sense, just as it is. Not one sparrow falls to the ground without the father, because I really believe that Jesus is responding to this question of where is God in our suffering? And I'll tell you where God is in our suffering. Father God is so present with his suffering creation, that he draws close to each and every sparrow in their final moments. Where is God? He is most close to us in our suffering. And Jesus goes on to say, how much more valuable are you to God than a humble sparrow? God wants to draw close to you in your suffering He wants to sustain you in your suffering with his presence. One of the most ancient and frequent songs of worship of the Bible is the simple refrain, the Lord is gracious and compassionate. God is gracious and compassionate. God is compassionate. He is compassionate. It's a beautiful word. It's from two Latin words, passion, meaning to suffer and "com." The prefix meaning alongside, like companion. God is compassionate. He is the co-sufferer, the one who suffers alongside his suffering creation. And so we do have a choice. Invite him into your hardship. Invite him into your pain. Invite him into your suffering. Ask him to draw close to you. Draw close to him. We call that worship. Draw close through his word, the Bible. Draw close through community. Invest in other believers and you will experience him carrying you through. Maybe he will give you breakthrough in that suffering. Maybe you will have to endure that suffering for the rest of your life. But we know this for sure, that one day we will see him in heaven we will be transformed into his likeness paradise eden restored a place that is described as one with no more tears or sorrow or pain or grief or death in that moment we know that suffering will be over forever amen
1: oh, amen welcome back everyone thought so that was absolutely fantastic that talk from john just then just so much rich quality content that we can unpack in a minute um, but first of all we're just going to have a bit of time of worship and reflection and we're going to play a song now called when i survey the wondrous cross so just take a moment listen to the words sing along if you want to and then um do post your questions and stop thinking about what we've just heard
4: I survey the wondrous crowd on which the prince of glory. saving the dead of Christ, my God. I thank you for the
2: cross, I thank you for the cross, I thank you
4: for the cross my Lord,
0: Welcome back. Welcome back to Conversation Street with myself and with Anna. We are going to get into all your questions and comments. Uh, feel free to write them as we go through, if you haven't done so already, or if we say something that you just need a bit more clarity, go ahead. Um, it's quite a... Well, Anna, John said it right at the start. He said at this talk, this is an emotive topic. This is very emotionally led. I am aware of this, and usually I'm trying to be sensitive. <laughs> I'm not normally that good at that. Um, and so I, I appreciate that, actually, for some people watching this, this is very emotive, and this is very difficult and very, very hard. Um, I guess, why, why do you think that is?
1: Well, I think John said it really clearly at the start, didn't they? like it is personal. Like if you've got an area of suffering in your life or someone that you love or close to has, then it's really personal and emotional. It's all tied up with how you feel about God. Mm. It's all those questions like, how can God be good? And how can he love me when he's letting me go through this? Or Mm. when he's letting someone I love go through this, you know, whether that's, you know, someone being ill, like John talked about his mum, didn't he? Or, talking about on much bigger scale like you know global poverty in different mm. parts of the world or um but yeah often it it's really personal so for me you know it would be questions like how can God love me when you know we've not been able to have the family we wanted and mm. we've lost babies and how can how can the loving God let that happen to us um so yeah it is it's is really personal and it is really sensitive and I think. That's why it's it's difficult to talk about these things, but I'm really glad that um, that CrowdChurch we're doing that because mm. I think it's so important. I think it's really easy for Christians to kind of shy away from the difficult questions and the difficult subjects. Um
2: yeah.
1: I love the fact that we don't do that here. Uh, we we are you know I'm getting blinded by sun now. Um, <laughs> I love the fact I love the fact we don't do that though. I love the fact that we delve into the difficult questions, mm. the questions we're not sure how to answer, and we make space for people to ask those questions and mm. to explore their faith in a real way
0: um yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it and um and you i mean you said on your instagram post earlier on actually that uh we aren't sure uh what to uh do with people's pain mm. um and it's it's I think it's really interesting because you, you think about this question: Well, where is God in the suffering, or why does God allow suffering? You are, you are. There's two people involved in that conversation. The first person is asking the question, and like John yeah. said, that's often from a place of pain uh, yeah. they've experienced it or a loved one's experienced it, or it's just a simple way to dismiss a conversation, maybe. Um, but then you, on the other hand, you've got the person being asked the question. Uh, and because it is tricky, because it is emotive, and because we are not sure what to do with people's pain, it it becomes one of those questions, I think, for the longest time we've, as Christians, have avoided. Because, um, spoiler alert, there's no straightforward answer, right? There, there, just, there just isn't. And it's okay not to know all the answers. Uh, I think it's probably worth saying that right at the start. Um, there is pain, and there is people's pain, and, and, and how to handle that. It's not always straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, I mean, you know, obviously you yeah, I say, obviously, for those of you who don't know, you can go back and listen to Anna's story. Uh, you've talked a lot about the miscarriage stuff yeah. um, that you and Andy went through. Um, did you find it when you were going through that, was it the people that were talking to you, did they find it hard to know what to do with you, how to respond with you, how to talk with you during those times of pain?
1: Sometimes I think so. I mean, I think the best thing people did and close friends did a lot was just listen. And I think people want your presence in their pain as much as they want answers. You know, people want you to sit with them in the pain. And I suppose that touches on what John was saying as well about yeah. God is our co-sufferer um you know he's compassionate and he's literally sits with us in our pain and i think that's what people are really wanting they're not necessarily Mm. wanting to fix it all or to have all the theological answers because you know even clever people like john can do so much in a talk and what he just said was brilliant but it only goes so far in explaining
2: Mm.
1: away people's pain i don't think you can just explain people's experiences away and um and often I don't think that's necessarily what people want like for me I feel like the question of why did this happen to us is a much less important question than so what now what do I do with this Mm. Uh, what next um where do I go from here and I think people that can sit with you and listen and help you to find hope for the future and help you to find healing and help you to move forward and find that so what now um I think that's that's so important and I think. That's kind of what Jesus modeled, isn't it? Mm. He, um, yeah, he did. He did sit with people in their pain. He did. um, He didn't look away. He didn't avoid it. Mm. Um, So, yeah.
0: It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because one of the most unique things about the Christian faith uh, is that at the heart of its message, at the heart of the Christian message is a belief that, the creator God actually partook of the suffering on our behalf, that actually God himself suffered. um, And we would argue unfairly and unjustly and undeservedly, but he chose to do that on our behalf. Um, And he got involved very, very personally. And it's quite a unique message. You don't hear that uh, usually in other people's faiths, that actually um, God got involved in the suffering. And that's part of his redemptive plan isn't it really and um but that requires i think you i mean you touched on it 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 requires an eternal perspective doesn't it sometimes when we think about these things
1: yeah it does we're still you know we're still sort of living in the middle aren't we of the story like Mm. as john said there was the beginning the world was perfect and then sin entered into the world and even though we kind of live in the knowledge that Jesus has died and the cross has happened. We don't live in the completion of the story yet. We're still
2: Mm.
1: sort of in those middle days where we're waiting for all of creation to still be redeemed and Mm. brought back into perfection and, you know, um, redeemed into what God always planned for it. Um, And obviously sin, death, pain, disease, none of those things were part of the plan. And So we still live in a world where that exists, even though Mm. we're kind of, hoping for and um, looking forwards to a future that's that's free of those things but, but it is it's it is a future hope rather than a here and now hope mm. and i think that's why sitting with people and being willing to listen and be present in their pain now and not pretend or sweep it under the carpet or pretend it's not that big a deal i think you know john um john said um didn't he that um one of the things about suffering is that it can be for good. And I think that's true. That is true. But I think it's very easy for Christians just to kind of minimize people's pain and suffering because like, mm. oh God, use that for something good in your life. Don't worry about it. And I think we can almost wrap that up too quickly in a pretty bow and forget that it's still really painful and difficult for that person going through it. Yeah. Um yeah, I think we can be too quick to jump to that response without really being willing to sit and lament and grieve with people mm. and, and sort of say yes this is awful and you're right to feel angry and upset and, you know disappointed and all of those things
0: mm. yeah I, I totally agree i think one of the biggest difficulties for me when you're talking with people uh who are going through suffering or whether you're going through it yourself um my my instant response is to try and fix the problem mm-hmm. uh which, 99 times out of
2: 100
0: yeah you just can't right you just you just can't fix the problem all the time and um and i i've I've had to learn to be okay with that um have you here's one of the things i I find interesting when it comes to suffering or when it comes to chronic pain or long-term pain or the stuff that's been going on for a while it's do you, do you find it easy as well to feel guilty that you're a bad person for doing that? Or you've responded in a way that is maybe not right or ungodly. in your head you think it's ungodly. I, I should be more faith-filled. I should be more um, uh, up for the fight. Do you know what I mean? That in my language and, and yeah. acknowledging pain is not, is not seen as a positive thing, I think, sometimes.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, the sort of Western evangelical church is very, it has been very heavily influenced by prosperity gospel and this idea that if you, if you just believe something enough, if you just have enough faith, then everything will turn out well and you'll be rich, you'll be prosperous, you'll be well, you know, and when you look at people who still die of cancer or live, you know, really godly people who live with long-term suffering or long-term illnesses and disease, it's... You know, that's not, that's just not always the case. Um
2: mm.
1: Yeah, and so I think, you know, although we understand it's well-meaning, I think sometimes we can go too far down that track of like, all well, things can be like healed and redeemed and made better mm. now. Although it's good to ask God for those things, that isn't always, not everyone gets their answers, do they, this mm. side of heaven? And, you know, I've got um a friend who's a writer actually um called J Ramsey, KJ Ramsey. And um, anyone who's dealing with something like long-term illness, she has an autoimmune disease and has had it really for an entire adult life. And she writes about it really eloquently about that experience of living with a long-term illness that's dehabilitating and will never get better. Um, um and she's like a really beautiful Christian and has a lot of great stuff to say about that, far better mm. than I could explain it. But um, she's got a book called "This Two Shall Last," um, and I, I reckon I, I really recommend anyone read it if if they if they're interested in questions like that, like what about long term suffering.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but yeah, I just I think. Not Sorry, Anna. Everything what
0: was the name of that book again, and the author?
1: So it's KJ Ramsey, and it's called "This Two Shall Last" instead of okay. "This Shall Pass.
0: John, if you're listening, maybe you can find the link and put that in yeah, the comments for people
1: it's really good she's got a lot of good theological mm. stuff to say on it but she t- obviously talks about her own experience as well mm. and also some of the damage that can be done by um people of faith who just assume that everything will be healed and if you're yeah. not it's a problem with you like you've not got a faith mm. you know you must have secret sin in your life if god's not healing you That that stuff's you know i've had stuff That's like that like, before yeah. as well and you know we don't we don't believe that. that I don't mm. believe that's true. And, um, yeah, who knows why some people get healed and others don't.
2: Mm.
0: But,
1: you know, not everyone does. So, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Now I'm with
1: you. An incredible beauty can come out of someone's life. He, mm. like She's written some incredible books and, and she's a beautiful writer, um, you know, through through what she's been through. So, yeah, I think God does bring some good stuff through our pain but as john said it's it's not a guarantee i think yeah. sort of have to be open-hearted to god
0: yeah i was really struck actually by one of the th- um uh, john i see is put the link in the comments oh, yeah. um well done john uh, thank you john one of the things that um john struck me with a story from this it was the drc do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and here you have a community that is suffering mainly because of the western world right and um, it's interesting i'm going to tie this in with a question which came through um, to something that we posted on instagram so you believe that your god is omnipresent omnipotent and omniscient Uh, so he designed and controlled and orchestrated everything so therefore he created sin and evil and redemption so uh, everything happened just the way he wanted so we are always uh, and all, always have been characters in his giant show uh is this, uh, no, the exact phrase but you kind of get the, the sort of the impression of, of what this guy's saying so in other words it's like um you know why 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 would god create humans knowing that um sin and suffering and all that sort of stuff was was into it and one of the things i find fascinating with this question uh, i think it's quite a deflective question because if i think about what's going on in the drc um, and all the suffering there and we could go well look there are people you know child soldiers and all that sort of stuff why would god allow that and you go well actually no that's happening because of the the consumption habits of the west that's happening because of you and me. That's not God. And so it's easy to offset the blame to God than it is to look at ourselves and go, well, hang on, now somewhere down the line, I've got to take some responsibility for some of this stuff, right? Okay. That is very, very, very difficult. And we responded to the, the Instagram comment saying, um, again, John touched on this, what he said would be true if you don't account for free will. For example, I have yeah. three kids. And we chose to have those three kids, despite knowing um, that they would live in a broken world, that they themselves would experience pain and suffering and loss. Does that make me a bad parent? Does that make me a horrible person? Um, And I choose to have kids knowing what's going on around me. But in that, the love in that, the walking through life with them in that, I'm hoping far outweighs the pain. Do do you see what I mean? And there's a it It. you don't
1: yeah it's an interesting point
0: it is isn't it because you don't think you don't think to yourself well i, I know the world's broken therefore i'm not going to have kids you have kids despite knowing it's broken because somehow in it there's a magic um and i think is is god any different i well i mean obviously he's different do you know what I mean but there's there's a, a logic here that i think we can use
1: we are are created in god's image aren't we as human beings yeah um so the bible says and you know um god is a relational being and we're relational beings so it kind of figures that we want to live in family and in community and then you know connected to other people and kind of to leave our imprint on the world and you know so yeah i would say god probably is like that and is motivated in a similar way to us um because you know, we're made like him, so um, yeah, yeah, it is an interesting point.
0: So some of the other questions that have come uh, that we've we've got in the comments uh, why does God allow the innocent to suffer? Does God cause suffering? Uh, that's a really big, deep theological question. is God the author of suffering? Um, and what about lifelong suffering? I mean, you've mentioned KJ Ramsey. Um, why does God allow illness such as cancer a major cause of suffering and there are all these kind of questions aren't there which um, sort of all follow a very similar theme and that I think from my part here is to say there is suffering and can God remove it one would argue yes and one would argue actually heaven is a place where there is no more tears where there is no more pain but there is no more sin and there is no more broken world um and so I feel like God has sort of' figured it out but we want it here and now and it's in yeah. the future and so in the meantime we have a God who got involved in our suffering who suffered himself on our behalf yeah. um, and like you said anna is his presence that's what we want we want presence in the pain and and he's yeah. with us and I would I'd much rather have God with me in the suffering than not, do you know what I mean? Rather than get angry at God and go, God, why are you making this happen? Yeah. Be challenged, I'm super challenged and inspired by the DRC guys which go, God, this is going on, we invite your presence into the midst of it. And um, I just think it's incredible really.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's it, isn't it? It's like we live in a broken world now, whether, whether we invite God to be part of that or not. I, you know, People say, people have said to me, how can you still believe in God after, you know, all the hard things you've been through? And I just think, but it wouldn't be easier not believing in God, would it? Mm. It just, then it's just all meaningless and there's no hope at all. Like, I would rather have a hope for the future, that all things are going to be made right, than just Mm. through life going, well, it's all meaningless and hopeless.
2: Mm.
1: I I don't know which of the two would I rather cling to. Um, And I think, yeah, it's... um, it, 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 they're valid questions aren't they like where, you know, why does God allow it but I think John explained that quite well in terms of that free will thing mm. um, and you know does God cause it I don't think so I think as you said humankind caused it um, um, you know the kind of original fall of sins so I'm not saying every, every time someone's suffering it's direct consequence of that what's something they've done wrong but I think we've you know as humankind have set the ball rolling um for a broken world and you know even think look at things like climate change and you know all the global disasters that are happening with floods and famines and earthquakes and all kinds happening all over our world and you think how much of that is the way that we're abusing and using the world's Mm. resources poorly and um i don't know it's hard there's not an exact cause and effect is there? but it's hard to measure, but I suspect, you know, that's more us as human beings than God as well.
0: Yeah, it is. And I, I totally agree. We have to, in some respects, we have to take some responsibility for the world's suffering. But that doesn't change the suffering that we go through. And, and it may be that we're going through suffering because of decisions that we've made that we have to be, you know, take responsibility for. I think so. there are consequences uh, sometimes that we can't outrun. But that said, I don't think there's anything, any consequence that is beyond God's grace. And I don't think there is anything that He will not be with us um in. And um Yeah. And I think that that is well, that's actually the the, the, the astounding thing about the Christian faith, isn't it? And it's um yes. there's no easy answers. There's no there's no silver bullet, there's not always a shortcut. Um, and it's interesting that scripture that John referred to—that suffering results in perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And yeah. actually, the Bible places strong emphasis on things like perseverance and character. Yeah. And you only really get those when you've gone through a few things. Is is a truth, right? Is a reality. Yeah. And um, you look at you look at the story of the early church. You know Jesus goes to heaven. We're going to get into this in the new uh, sort of John's John's Gospel and Acts series coming up starting in September. But Jesus kind of clears off to heaven, and the church starts, and it's all very contained. And then all of a sudden, persecution arises. This church gets scattered, but it properly explodes, right? I mean, properly explodes. And so, if there hadn't been that persecution and suffering at the start, what would have happened to the church? I don't know. And it's a really, it's a really interesting one, isn't it? That in that suffering, that in that pain, God can still work, and He can still be glorified. Uh, and for Him, it's not the end. Uh, and um, that's a beautiful thing, uh, yeah. as painful as it sounds.
1: Yeah, and I think we're so we're so um, in our world today. We're so particularly in the West. We're so um, kind of averse to pain aren't we we do almost anything we can to avoid it to kind of numb ourselves we just we as soon as life gets hard we just tune out and watch netflix you know there's nothing wrong with netflix but yeah we have that kind of you know we just want to avoid anything that's difficult as Mm. much as possible make our lives as easy and as comfortable as possible and you know our relative prosperity allows us to do that a lot of times but as you say there's some things that no one can outrun like in the end you know someone's asked about cancer here which you know is something i i feel deeply about you know i've had two family members who've had cancer in the last couple of years um and i've got other friends who are my age who are dealing with like potentially life-threatening cancers now uh, you know with young families um and and yeah i think death does come to us all because again it's a consequence of sin and a broken fallen world like mm. we all we all you know whether it's cancer or something else we're all gonna die of something aren't we it's, mm.
0: it's
1: the only thing that's sure except that um yeah
0: yeah well, and taxes care, apparently really. yeah death and taxes the only two things that we can yeah. be sure about.
1: um you know and so for me again it's a less compelling question to ask why cancer and more compelling to say well what now how do you handle it when it mm you or someone you love and what you're going to do about it how are you it's a much more compelling questions say well what can i do to ease someone else's pain or to make things mm. a bit better here on earth to bring a bit of heaven down to earth here and now yeah. and for me that, that that's a much more compelling question um because you can't change its existence um or not at the moment maybe some clever professionals mm. or medical people one day but mm. yeah um For me, that's a much more interesting question because, I don't know, we can't explain away the why and we can't fix it all, but we can, like Jesus did, get involved and Mm. get our hands dirty and help someone who's suffering.
0: Yeah. That's a really, really good point because one of the things that comes across in the Gospels, which is abundantly obvious, there was a reason why Jesus suffered was for everybody else, was for you and for me. Um, And I think in in the place of suffering, one of the things that you can do is to reach out to other people uh, and, um, and not just focus in on you or try and numb yourself. I thought that was a very poignant point there. Uh, and a poignant point, uh, the numbing yourself, you know, whatever it is, Netflix or whatever. We do try and numb ourselves as a culture. And I think it's not really in the Bible. Uh, but that, uh, I think, is, is probably where we need to end it. Um given the, the time. time. So yes, thank you, Anna, for the conversation. Uh, these conversation street for me flies by a million miles an hour. Uh, you always sure, run out of time.
1: It's such a big subject, isn't it? It's like mm. you could talk about it for hours and not resolve it all. So half an hour is short.
0: Yeah, you could. You totally could. Now, if you want to know more, check out uh, Anna's friend's book. The, what was it? Sorry, KJ, KJ Ramsey. Ramsey.
2: Um,
0: or indeed, check out Anna's blog, um, because you have talked a lot about Um, your own journey uh, through the suffering of miscarriage uh, on your blog and your response to that. You can Mm -hmm. check that out as well. At Just give it a quick plug.
1: It's at annakettle.com, so nice and easy to remember.
0: Nice and easy. So check out Anna's website as well. You can check out all her writings on there or um, stuff on Instagram. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is a tough topic. So if you would like to get in touch with us, if you uh, are, are going through something, if you just want some whatever some prayer some support you just want to tell someone what's going on you can reach out to us here at crowd.church www.crowd.church you can also reach out to us on social media either on facebook or instagram or youtube at crowd Church. uh it will be great to hear from you uh john Harding is actually in the comments uh, he said uh anna edmo really really great conversation street thank you well thank you for doing the talk john uh, yeah Mutual love, sport and respect. Uh, So thank you for being with us this week. What is coming up next week, Anna? Can you remember?
1: Yes, I can. So uh, next week we've got Pete Barrington uh, is going to be speaking um, and he's going to be doing a talk next week on what does the Bible say about Jesus? And I believe that the host next week is yourself and the lovely Dan Orange.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we'll see who turns up. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so what does the bible say about jesus last week we did uh what does the bible say about god dan rogers did that talk i hosted that with john harding that was a great great week uh so next week we're going to kind of carry that on with what does the bible say about jesus because well this is the question of all questions uh to get into isn't it really who is jesus What does the Bible say about him? More importantly, what do you say about Jesus? And if this is your first time at church, if this is your first time getting involved in Christian things, stay plugged in. Do like and subscribe with what's going on. Uh, I would encourage you to explore more about the Christian faith, to explore more uh, about Jesus. And you can do that by connecting with us here at Crowd Church. We would love to hear from you. uh, And do stick with us uh, and enjoy the journey because... It is an extraordinary journey to be on. Anna, thank you so much for being with us. All the comments are coming in now. Chris Kent, suffering changes our perspective. Uh, When our first son died, it really made us look at the hope of heaven and eternity in which Jesus wipes away all of our tears. Thanks for sharing that, Chris. That's not an easy thing to share. Um, But again, the hope of heaven. I totally agree that actually... When you sweep it all away, there is this mindset which says, in heaven, there is no more tears, there is no more pain. And I'm going to get to slide down those streets in my socks. That's my big plan for heaven. Uh, so, you know, come and join us there. Uh, it'll be great to see you. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us. Anna, anything else from you? So
1: I didn't even hear what you... That just break up. What did you just say? <laughs> the wonders of technology that was so slick. that. <laughs>
0: Oh, brilliant. I love it when it works. Any any closing remarks from your good self, dear? Uh,
1: no, just thanks for having me. Uh, like, Yeah, it's been a really good conversation. Um, yeah, and do keep posting through the week. Um, get in touch with us. If you want to talk about these issues more, we'd love to hear from you.
0: Absolutely. We are going to close with one more worship song, uh, The King of My Heart. And this is a great declaration Uh, for all of us in life, wherever we're at, whatever we're going through, this is just a beautiful song uh, to sort of declare your hope in Christ. And then once the song is finished, uh, the live stream will automatically end, but you're more than welcome to stay around during the song, write your question thoughts in the comments, carry on the conversation. Uh, But from myself and from Anna, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week. Stay blessed, everyone, and we'll be back next Sunday. Bye for now.
1: Take
0: care, everyone. Oh, that was slick.
1: We're having a day of it today, aren't
0: we? <laughs> we'll try that again. The buttons aren't working. Oh, no. The worship is not wanting to play. So, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to finish the live stream. <laughs> or we could just rattle on for another five minutes. No, no, I won't do that we just to We could rattle on for another hour. Oh, it started playing. Ah. Well, wow, dunno why I did that
2: Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fancing I drink from oh is my song. Let the king